Give me head, babe. Welcome to another edition of The Headbin, the weekly NRL Supercoach Draft podcast. Each week, we'll take a swing at the key topics influencing the world of Supercoach Draft, NRL, and the highlights from our very own weekly draft comp, The Headbin. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Headbin, the NRL Supercoach Draft podcast. I'm Dusty. Once again, I'm joined by Benny. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good. Lukey, you're with us again. How are you, buddy? Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, finals are nearly upon us, and um, which means my season is pretty much coming to an end. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> it's funny. Every week, it's, it's almost like you're hanging on to a thread, and instead of the thread snapping, it just gets thinner. <laughs> it's because you're not yeah. really out of it. Oh, I am. I, I'm out of it. I, I can only finish on 16 points in our comp and if 16 gets you in, it won't be me because my for and against is too bad. So, I, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> and so now it's uh, self-preservation to not get in the uh, the cunt bowl. 100%. <laughs> Which is your creation. So, the irony is just amazing at this point. Oh yeah, isn't it what? Um, and just just quickly for the uh, the listeners out there, so we have a, uh, a an actual bowl playoff um, that we're trialling for the first time this year. So ninth uh, and tenth, uh, whoever finishes after the the lockout in the, the last round in ninth and tenth, their two final scores get compared, and the lowest place, uh, the lowest scorer, regardless of where you finished on the table, ninth or 10th, actually wins the, the Cump Bowl, which is the the last place trophy. So you don't even have to play each other. It's just, you know, once the, the, the lockout's over, uh, whoever ends up in ninth and 10th, compare the scores between those two and the lowest place gets it. And it's a tool to basically keep pe- people engaged for the whole season. Uh, normally... Or traditionally, when uh, you come last or you get the cunt bowl in the competition, you have to drive the bus on our draft trip to Byron while the rest of the boys are on the tins in the back loving life. Uh, you got to be the DD for the for the trip down, which I've had to do by default before. I came ninth and the three blokes below me in a 12-man league all pulled out, and so I had to drive. And uh, I will tell you, it's not enjoyable. So, yeah, the boys are trying to... There's you, Azza, and obviously uh, the madman who we've talked to uh, at nauseam, uh, who are all fighting it out to uh, get out of that uh, that playoff. Unfortunately, the Madmen are in there. They're a shoe in. They're they're going to be Shoo-in. there on the oh, last oh, weekend. It's just obviously yeah. up to you and Azza. It's really hard to cop that that the Madmen have to play off against somebody who can still make finals if things go their way. If I lose two games and Lukey wins two games, I'm down there. Like it's that. So it, it's still. It's still doable, um, but yeah. yeah, like I don't, I don't like this being the first year that the bowl's been introduced as a playoff uh, because of how badly Cooks has gone throughout the year. Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I, I think that in terms of the uh, the competition itself, we can't sort of alter it for someone's performance. Yes. 
uh, Googs could have done a lot more throughout the season to prevent this happening. But at the end of the day, you know, he puts up a side that has 13 playing players every week. Um, he's had some unlucky outcomes and he's also brought about his own downfall as well. But it's, it's you know, the best part about it is Azza and I are now playing off to get out of that. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it, it stops to, it, it's designed to stop poaching of players who can't make it. You know what I mean? And and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. It, it might be a, uh, I might be a victim of my own um, creation. Yeah, creation. <laughs> Bad idea, maybe. Well, to, to that point about uh, not poaching players, I've thrown out some very flaccid trade offers this week. One to uh, Azza thinking that I might just test the waters and see if he has shut up shop for the year, but he hasn't. He turned me down on a, on one of my trade offers. So, I mean, that's a good byproduct of, of having the Cump Bowl uh, playoff is that, uh, yeah, the, the blokes who aren't in contention anymore will keep doing their team to try and avoid it. So, yeah, not a bad little uh, directive anyway. But uh, on the uh, on the footy field, boys, anything take your eye over the, over the weekend, Lukey? Uh, probably just... The injury still. Um, <clears throat> I think we sort of, from a super coach perspective, as well as an NRL perspective, in uncharted territory at the moment in terms of uh, normally you see the injury curse happening through the mid part of the season um, and, and and teams starting to get players back on deck towards the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also tough to read and see people going, oh, injuries are part of the game and it's not because of the new rules. Um, look, <laughs> I think Blind Freddy would understand that the game has changed. The game has got quicker. Um, you know, like those factors have contributed. Um, there's less rest time in games. And, and the other thing too is, is the players, the teams weren't given time to condition their players for it. You know, there was ums and ahs, you know, like, and no one knew what to expect. So I doubt many teams adjusted their training methods in COVID. And let's be honest, what, they have a month? They got together a month before the season started. So it'd be very hard to implement new training techniques to accommodate a style of game that they didn't even know was coming. Yeah, exactly. Could next year be a little bit less um, injury ravaged, do you think? with full pre-seasons with new, these rules under their belts. 100%. And, and I also think that the NRL is going to scale back the the amount of six-again calls that happen and also the times at which they're given. I, I think you're going to see things like will only be given in the attacking half or won't be given on tackle uh, tackles one and two in, in um, yardage you know like they'll be penalties they won't be six agains because they don't benefit anyone yeah, I like you, get, that. you get a six again you get a six again call on tackle one you only get seven tackles Manly Manly gave Manly gave away one on the weekend against the Knights on the zero tackle yeah and oh, it just restarts this is what's the point and the, 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 they've still got to work their way out of their own half there's, there's yeah. still pressure on that team whereas if you give a penalty they can just boot it downfield and then the pressure becomes on the other team I do like the idea of potentially you only get six agains in um, in the attacking half I think that's a that's a good that's a good proposition to to keep the game moving and then obviously uh, you know We'll, we'll see what happens from there. I think that uh, 
yeah, squads will definitely look a little bit different in terms of the players that they're carrying. Uh, the bench makeups will definitely look a little bit different next year as well. Uh, and teams are going to be fitter. Teams are going to be so much fitter than what they are currently. I think that uh, body shapes will definitely change. I feel a bit, uh, I'm a bit concerned about Big Clem because he lost eight kilos in the off season. I don't know if he's got anywhere else to go. <laughs> I don't think he can. Yeah. He can. He can take he's any more off. Need to do some fucking sprint work. Yeah, is. that's. Oh, geez, do not he have some lead work? It's horrid. Very it's slowly. Horrid. Yeah, absolutely. But my biggest concern, and I'd be very surprised if Valandis isn't considering this. And if he's not, then he's got to have a long hard look at himself. This this may impact the final series and things like viewership and sponsors and stuff like that. Because could you imagine if the Storm and the Roosters aren't able to field their best sides top players and are bundled out week one of the finals and then we're watching a, you know, like, and, and obviously I love to see Penrith there, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and the finals are robbed of genuine competition between its best players because of the uh, attrition that's happened through the season. Fair point. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. It's a different old season. So, uh, you know, we're going to bring Origin and stuff back in mid-season, providing everything goes according to plan. But, uh, yeah, definitely a fair point. Benny, what got your eye over the weekend, mate? Uh, obviously, the, the Sean Johnson, Kevin Proctor fiasco. During I, I sat down and watched that game, being a Sharks fan. And, man, it, people... People just turned, um, like, made a mountain out of a molehill. It was just fucking ridiculous. Like, Johnson felt Proctor's mouth on his arm and blew up in the game in the heat of the moment. And he's come out and said, look, I'm not going to apologize because that's what I felt. But I I know Kev's a good bloke and he's actually said he's going to be at the judiciary tonight to defend him. Um, I mean, they're they're teammates. They have been for years. They've known each other for a long time. And... Proctor was in tears in the dressing rooms after. So, I, man, I just think it got out of hand in the media and it's on in social media. So, everyone's blown it up. It, I, I just think the pressure from the tackle on Johnson's arm on on Proctor's bottom jaw probably was what he felt. Um, I don't think Proctor would have bitten him, man. It, it didn't seem to have the reaction of a normal bite like Johnson was like oh he, he's biting me but yeah, again he if probably someone, if someone bit you you'd fucking slap him man like you're not well see you, when Brad Moran bit Tamana Tahu on the back of the arm Tahu just whacked him straight in the face and got up like that was a clear bite Billy Slater um James Graham, like they're, they're definite reactions, definitive reactions. Whereas I just didn't see that from Sean Johnson, but he probably yeah. felt teeth. Yeah, I, I, can't, I have no doubt he felt teeth because of where his arm was. Like it was wrapped around his his mouth, and he would have felt his bottom jaw. And like there's people in on Facebook being like, uh, he couldn't have felt teeth. They all wear mouth guards. It's like. Have you ever worn a fucking mouth guard before, mate? Like, and then oh. people like they don't wear bottom like, mouth guards on their bottom teeth. So he's just felt Proctor's bottom teeth. There's obviously a bit of force behind the tackle, and I don't know, just a reaction in the heat of the moment. Uh, a couple of things uh, on that that I thought, and and one is that Johnson said that he's looked at the footage. Now he didn't, he wasn't privy to the footage that we were all watching. So he, you know, he couldn't have gone, oh, actually, it didn't look like he bit me. So he was only going on what he felt. 
You know what I mean? So yeah, and now that he's looked at it, he's kind of like, look, I can see that you know Kevin's got a case to answer. Like he he hasn't bitten me. I can see there's a defence for him there. Think but about if you were in that. Apologise for what happened in the heat of the moment, and I don't blame him, man. I don't blame him either. I 100 percent don't blame him, and and you know like that's because we got up. Who was it? Oh, we we all got up. Cameron Munster when he didn't put the complaint against Josh Maguire for eye-gouging him because he got up, saw who it was, went, that's my Queensland teammate, I'm going to put the complaint in. Yep. We all got up Cameron Munster for that because it was gutless and, you know, and Maguire deserved it. But now Sean Johnson actually does it to an to a representative teammate of his own and we're like, oh, he just was trying to get the penalty. The thing is, put yourself in that situation. Johnson's trying to put as much pressure on Proctor's head to keep him from wriggling free, right? Now, if Proctor loosens his his jaw, the arm goes straight into his mouth. Like, it, yeah. you know, so Proctor's got to clench his jaw as much as possible to stop the arm, you know, going back further into his, into his mouth. So, of course, he's trying to sort of bite down a little bit to stop the arm going further in and blocking his airway totally, I guess. Would that be fair? Like that's, oh, that's absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like you imagine if someone's got their hand around your face and you're trying to wriggle free. Like it's just pressure. It's a pressure from Proctor's neck and head trying to push out of the tackle, push the arm out of his mouth. It's probably just a reaction more than anything. So, like, uh, yeah, you, you can't blame him. Honestly, you can't blame Johnson either. It's just it was just a miscommunication. Johnson felt one thing. The video suggests that it wasn't an intentional bite. Mate, I, I don't think Proctor should see any time for it he won't he'll I get think, off I think the send off was enough yeah he'll get off for sure and the other thing too that probably added to Johnson's reaction was the fact that it caught a Proctor off guard and so he started throwing some slurs Johnson's way so they were going back and forward and that built the case I guess on field whereas did you guys hear the on field mic interchange no, I, I didn't hear that bit yeah, yeah like if you go and google it because that was the first thing i heard and they and and a lot of media outlets uh made it fairly available to to hear they were going at each other pretty bad they were calling each other soft cocks and all this kind of stuff um grubs and all this so in that it was building the case on field johnson didn't want to back down because he's got proctor calling him a cheat and a grub and all this kind of stuff or whatever it was so Therefore, he was never going to look at it and rationally go, okay, maybe I, you know, there was there was tension building the case on the field. And that's why I think the bunker looked at it seriously. Perinara, you know, referred it straight away and, and things like that. So um, there would have been a mark there. And, and Johnson showed Wade Graham too, who then alerted the referee as well. So, you know, kind of a victim of circumstance, I think Proctor is, to be fair. Uh, but I hope he gets yeah. off too. So, so, to be honest, people people in the armchairs on social media sort of swaying one way or the other, generally people who don't or haven't played competitive sport in a long time or ever. Um, and, and, like, it happens on the field. Shit happens, man. You do some – say some and do some shit to some of your best mates on the field when you're playing against them. It just – it happens on the field and that's all you just leave it there and that's it like obviously that's what those boys have done now it's unfortunate that proctor's got to go to the judiciary um but it's good to see johnson come out and sort of support him and say look it was an accident and shit happens certainly certainly let's uh we wait with bated breath to see what uh, to see what happens
All right, lads, we'll uh, finish it up there. Let's jump into a quick uh, review of what happened in the head bin uh, over the course of the weekend. Now, it kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but uh, you blokes played off again this week. And, uh, Benny, do you want to take us through what happened? Yeah, uh, it, it was a tight matchup, but uh, yours truly got away with a win after a couple of surprising scores from a couple of my players that, that sealed it for me. Um I made a pretty poor captaincy decision. Well, I made a captaincy decision that could have gone either way. Uh, it turned out to be a poor one. I, I had the VC on Teddy uh, early on in the week and he, he knocked out a 67. I wasn't going to pull the loophole on that. Then I had it on Jake Turbo with his recent performances. He's been pretty solid as a captaincy option. For some reason, I changed it to Mulatalo late and just went all or nothing. Uh, that was after Lukey got a 92 and a 70 out of Cleary and Harris, respectively. Uh, he sort of put him in front. And I was worried because he had a, a couple of players coming that could have gone big, like Brimson, um, Carrigan uh, as captain. And I was a bit worried about the likes of Rapana and Whitehead going big too, possibly even Suli, uh later in the weekend. So I put the C on Mulatalo and he only pumped out a 32 for me. And I was kind of like, oh shit. At that point, I thought I'd lost it. I thought it was game over. Uh, but Brian Kelly saved me in the same game with 105. No tries, just the bloke's a freak. Just knocking out massive scores lately. Um, but yeah, a 73 from Brandon Smith on Thursday night was pretty handy as well. Um, but yeah, what, what sealed it for me was I handcuffed Nella Paseca, as I said I would. Picked him up free agency and he knocked out 107 for me, which pretty much sealed it for, for me. And um, it was still still tight going into the last game. Uh, I needed some big scores to come out of the Tigers-Dogs game, and I managed to get that. Lucy Lua went went 86, and, and Kieran Foran went 76. He got he scored 40 points in about two minutes, as Lukey, as Lukey pointed out to me. Um, he set up a try, and then he made a line break to set up another one uh, yeah. about a minute later. So, look, a pretty good performance. I can't bank on that every week. Um, big scores coming out from the, the likes of Kelly and Paseca. Like, I, I need some more consistent scoring. But, yeah, I, I got an 868, which I can't be too unhappy with. Yeah, and, Lukey, uh, you were struggling all weekend, weren't you, mate? Well, no, I wasn't struggling all weekend. I actually thought, as I said, I was in the box seat for a good chunk of it. Um, it, it was literally Sunday where I got done again <laughs> for the second week in a row. Like, I think Benny had to cover what turned out to be uh, 190 points across three players in that last game, and he got it. So, um, yeah, I think I think it was like forty points in our matchup, Benny, and I think we had the closest matchup of 30, the round. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, 45. 45. 45. Yeah, Look, man, yeah. If if Paseca gets the 55, 50 that we would all expect from him, I lose that game. It's that simple. It's just he just went massive. Brian Kelly, hundred and five is not unreasonable for him to hit that. Um, but yeah, the, the Paseca ones, the ones that the big outlier. Oh, uh, mate, I, I, I tell you what, I. That that two minutes of foreign. Oh, actually, I'll I'll, I'll go back yeah. to the Leilua line break and try assist. I I was at work on Sunday, right? And I was watching it at work. And oh man, I I, I honestly I kicked shit, I threw shit, I punched shit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was over when he did that, and then oh. see that in two minutes from foreign, and when he fucking bypassed Lafai for the um. Montoya try because <laughs> over the over the top Lafay. Yeah, because I had Lafay and I was just like, oh man, it, it, it was just 
when he made the line break after that, I just had to laugh. It was at that point where I was like crazy hysterical laughing. (laughs) (laughs) It had gone past angry fired up, you know. uh, You you know, I put a fair bit into to super coach and and you know I'm, I'm always pretty fired up about results whether i win or lose as well if it's a good win i'll get fired up if it's a if it's a, a tough loss i'll also get fired up but um look as it was i'm glad you sort of comfortably beat me the week before obviously i got done by about um eight points or something like that or 12 points and that was tough to take i'm, I'm glad it ended up being 40 points um i did get robbed of uh nathan pete's try assist, line break assist for the Wallace try. Um, they, they took that off me. Um, he was sitting that on was 60. Harsh. I did notice that. Um, that. He was on 60 for most of the weekend. But look, other than that, everyone, look, two of us are check 43 with a, with a non-line break try. Um, you know, that's a bit, you know, shit from him. But, you know, everyone else sort of did pretty well like um maybe whitehead i sort of uh, did he did he have a he had a line break where it was he just broke the line and then he passed it to um so yeah croker and i think they gave him the line break for it but realistically if if he doesn't pass he's in open pastures whitehead so i was probably a little bit robbed there but look other than that you know it is what it is um i uh i i took a bit of advice from from Dusty last week as I put all my remember I put all as you said I put all my eggs in one basket with the Dog Storm game I had had five players playing in that yeah yep. um, this week I didn't want to have four players playing in the uh, in the Bulldogs Tigers game and I went you know what I'll leave Benji out of this and, and I played Blake Green instead for a 41 and Benji sitting on the bench with a 95 so, huh? <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and, and, and to be honest if you captain Trebojevic too you know, yeah, yeah. I, I just made a decision to go all in. It, I won't do that again this season. I'll, I'll just leave the C on turbo if, if Teddy goes no good or, or my VC goes no good. Yeah, it was an odd decision at the time. I thought, oh, I think he's handed this to me here. But yeah, as it turns out, you've got the win. And yep, your season continues. My season comes to a grinding halt. Yeah, well, we're still there's still about four or five of us fighting it out for that last spot in the five or those last two spots basically uh, in the five. I've I've taken the L on the weekend and Nate and I fought out just a grubby, disgusting match, um, which basically came down to our our pickups, our, our our late pickups. I've been running an auto emergency for in my hooker since I lost McCulloch uh, about a month ago. And it's paid off for me some weeks, and this was a week that it didn't, uh, because I had Orbison on my bench for my auto emergency score, but because he went down and and, and he got 24, I had to play a hooker uh, to try and um, cover a bit of a gap on the Sunday, and it was paralysis by analysis uh you know do i play katoa do i play jeremy marshall king do i pick up liddell do i pick up josh reynolds Lukey, you and i talked there'd been some talk during the week that reynolds was going to get the lion's share of the minutes uh on the weekend and i thought well he's got upside he's a goer i'll take him he got me 15 nate on the saturday night last minute picked up nick kotrick got him 102 and that was literally the difference uh, in our matchup, everyone else is fairly comparative. I had some pretty ordinary scores on the Thursday night. Kenny Brom, 38. Joey Manu, 38. Edwards was good on his return, 70. Um, 
Papali just stunk it up this week. He only got me 45 as my captain, uh, so 90 as my captain. And then, yeah, Reynolds knocked out an 18. Uh, you know, he had Sean Johnson as his captain, only got 126. Uh, but Kotrick was kind of the difference. Everyone else is fairly comparable. He got me by uh, about 70. And, um, yeah, if I'd have won that, I probably would have been been in. Uh, but as it stands, I've probably got to win at least one more, probably two more, depending on where the results go uh, my way. But the problem is we're all playing each other at the moment in and around that 5th, uh, 6th, or 4th, 5th and 6th spot. So it doesn't make it any easier, really. I've, I've got two two blokes coming up that are fighting for that 5th spot too um, that are looking to DC me from while well, I'm currently in 3rd. So uh, I've, got, I've got the rookie Gutterfire and he's only one win behind me and I've got Nate's Dogs as well who's in the same position. So I've got two must-win weeks or I could have, could find myself out of the finals. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> It's tough at the moment, so yeah, we'll um, we'll just see how results go, and it's just moving around. I was in fourth or third a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm, you know, looks like I've shit the bed just with one win, ah, uh, one loss. So, yep, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've got Meadows Mongrels this week, which, yeah, wow. If I don't put up somewhere around a nine hundred, I can, yeah, yeah, kiss that one goodbye as well. So. Yep, it's uh, it's a tough year. Um, you got to work your squad right up until the uh, the eleventh hour, basically, maybe even the twelfth. You know, we've got to be constantly looking at it, and there's uh, lots of matchups to be looked at this weekend. But we'll uh, keep looking at our our comp as the weeks go by, and as we said, two weeks to go until finals. We'll see where we all end up. But um, all right, lads, we'll uh, move into a new section. Uh, this one's called the weekend wrap. Uh, we're just going to uh, put the game reviews on hold uh, for a few weeks at the moment and we're uh, just going to look at some top performers uh, over the course of the weekend. Yo, the sign is real simple, B. It says wrap it up. Wrap that shit up, B. Man, you want some too? You better wrap it up. So, Lukey, I'll, uh, I'll throw to you because this is your, uh, your creation, mate. So, go for it. What are we looking at here? Yeah, so I thought we'd just um, identify a few of the um, good performers, um, surprise performers, and the dud performers, without actually going into the uh, the games themselves and how how they played out. Um, so yeah, so it'll be power performers, um, which are guns who did perform to what they've uh, live up to. Uh, surprise performers, so people who, who you're not used to, and obviously are duds. So I thought we'd kick it off with the power performers. Um, this uh, this uh, week and so the first one's obviously Nofaluma returning to form um, yeah I mean 134 you know I think there was one run where he had five tackle busts um, coming out of trouble and you know he really uh, a couple of tries try assist um, yeah so uh, you know obviously the line breaks on the back of those it was just a, a vintage Nofaluma performance you know he had a couple of he had a catch and put down um but uh, it was a, a, a definite uh, bell ringer from him and, and, and probably a uh, long time coming for the Noffa owners because he's been um, sort of hanging around that 50 mark for a few weeks. Um, another one is uh, Jerome Hughes. Um, you know, he, he has these performances in him and I, I think he's really coming of age as a, as a halfback. He played so well on uh, Thursday night um, or Friday night, whatever night it was, um, against the Roosters and... Um, just without Munster, without Smith, he he was everywhere. You know, he was kicking, he was running, 
you know, passing. It was just a, a vintage performance from someone who's had his knockers about being a halfback. So it was really good to see him come up. And so he's belted out 103. Um, and the last one I had was Brian Kelly. Now, some people probably wouldn't think that Brian Kelly's a gun, but I had him last season, and I think you did too, Benny, and he, he's a gun. Uh, he's a gun. He's, he's almost match-up proof in a terrible side. Yeah, I mean, he's hit 105 without a try. Um, just his ability to bust tackles, to offload, to set up his outside man. Um, he's got good yardage work. He likes to get involved. He obviously wasn't the pick of the bunch for um, uh, Holbrook at the start of the season, and that might have been a good thing for him. It might have made him sort of go, well, you know, maybe he didn't have the best off season, or he, you know, let himself get a bit pudgy in the COVID um, uh, break. But he's he's come back to form, and uh, Brian Kelly should be a, a top eight pick in your draft next season. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I think he's got to go as top one of the top CTWs next season. I believe so. Um, he he, he kind of doesn't look like a classy player until you really watch him. But he, he is classy, man. Like, he has got a really good deft touch. He can beat a bloke one-on-one easily. Like, even some of the best defenders in the NRL can't handle him sometimes out, out wide. Um, so, it's good to see. And it would be interesting to see what he would be like in a better side like the Storm or or the Roosters or even like a Canberra team or something like that um, where he gets a bit more time. Uh, the, the Titans the Titans have been trying to find him some more pill over the last few weeks, which has been good. But yeah, I, I would be interested to see what he'd be like in a, in a better team. And I think when his contract's up, there's going to be some bigger teams chasing him. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've got the uh, surprise players. So these are players who we don't often associate uh, big scores with, but have managed to get the job done. And my first one's obviously your mate, Benny um, Taniela Paseca. Um, he uh, he obviously had the uh, the line break uh, assist and, and probably try assist for Cherry Evans uh, in the, the first half there for Manly. But uh, just again, he, he laid one on for Jake Turbo yep. there at the end. And uh, he just, he looked... He looked damaging, and oh, look, there's no reason why he can't do it again against South this weekend. Um, and he, and was, he, did, he did a 63 in base, so take yeah. out the attacking stats, a 63 in base in 43 minutes. It's the first time I've actually seen him look like he knew he could dominate the, the opposition. You know, he's, he's not usually one who plays big minutes, and so when he gets those... Uh, cameos for filling in for AFB or to Pow. He sort of plays and he plays reasonably well, but doesn't kill it. But on the weekend, he looked like, man, I'm too much for these guys to handle. And he knew it. That's what it looked like to me. He's, so, he's Payne Haas big, man. He's a big boy. Bigger. He's bigger yeah, than Payne Haas. Yeah. I've seen him in real life, but he also, I think he's about 6'5", right? And I reckon he's probably 125 kilos. Lean 125 that's a big, kilos. That's a big man. <laughs> Did you hear on the uh, on the game coverage they were talking about the Indianapolis Colts uh, had yeah. him in their pathways program? Uh, just for anyone that um, didn't hear me say last week to take him as a handcuff for AFB. As soon as he plays, he usually plays 30 minutes. Uh, when AFB hasn't been there, he's played 43 to 45 kind of thing. Um, his scores go from like a mid-30 up to a high 50, nearly a 60 every single time. So he's he's got, he's, you've got to have him if you've got the AFB owner. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Talakai, Sissi for Tag- Talakai. He uh, he had the game that we all knew he could have. Like he's he's had a couple of sixties, you know, tries and everything, but he really had a dominant game um, on the weekend against. Um, I think he was on Proctor, to be honest. Um, so obviously, when Proctor went off, uh, you know, things started to open up for him. But uh, he's become a nice little uh, uh, target there for SJ. And I think uh, Britain Accor has probably seen his last lot of first grade this year, barring injury, um, because I think that the uh, Sharks are going nowhere with Nakora in the lineup. So he's knocked out a 102 Talakai. He's got a try there um, with that one as well. Uh, but yeah, another gun performance. And I, I think that he might, with the good Sharks run, he's going to be churning out a few more performances like that. I think he'll be... SJ's little go-to, and um, my mate, who I uh, trumpeted all off-season, um, he's finally come to light with some uh, confidence. Obviously, the change of coach, someone might have a bit of um, liking to him, but that's Mitchell Dunn up at North Queens, and he bagged a couple, and uh, he uh, he had some good base too. I think he had uh, high 40s, 50s in base, but he had um, a couple of tries and a try contribution to go with that for his 103. So, yeah, some some good scores there for the surprise packets. I had uh, I had Kotrick scoring 102 as a bit of a, a surprise as well. I mean, he could do it against the Broncos, and I was looking at him all week, being like, oh, "Do I take him?" And I ended up taking Richie Kenner, who got a 14, but um, it was out of Kotrick and Kenner uh, who I took. Um, but yeah, 102 for him is well over his highest score of the season. Yeah, uh, well, I tell you. I tell you why it is a surprise, mate, is because all the talk, and we did a bit of it, but other podcasts and other analysts for Supercoach did it, were saying that the Canberra left side was the ones to go for. That's why I picked up Rapana, and I also had Whitehead thinking, oh, yeah, we're in the money. But it was their right-hand side that prospered with Bateman and Kotrick. So that's that's part of the surprise, I think. Well, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if Bateman's going to unlock Kotrick. Maybe. Well, you, you, if you've got Whitehead or Bateman in your side, I know who I'm going to. Oh, 100%. Definitely. All right. And uh, I'll just finish off with my duds. Um, Luke Keery, 11. I know he copped that dodgy shot, but uh, yeah, he was well and truly taken out of that game. Um, the Lachlan Lamb injury, obviously, early on put a bit of a target on Kiri, but uh, he, he just couldn't get it done. And as we've discussed before, you know, Kiri does have these scores in him. He, he's got these sub-20 scores in him. Um, well, I reckon that's probably four out of the last five weeks he shit the bed. Let me just have a look because keep going, Luke, and I'll check out his scores for last month. I, I find that there's the games where Kiri ups his involvements aren't the effective ones. It's the ones where he picks his spots when to play. And it's off the back of like a, a, a you know a couple of good rucks and a good foundation laid early in the set. Kiri comes in, picks his spot, boom, boom, boom. You know, will lay on some um, good attacking play. But uh, when he was supposed to be the go-to, like everyone says, he's a seven. I'd, I disagree because I don't think he has the right. Uh, he has enough impact when he's getting his. He needs to just there. sit back and chime in when he wants to. Yeah. I think. 100%. I, I agree. Um, while you're looking up that, Dusty, obviously Matt Moylan. Or have you found the stat, Dusty? Yeah, I got it here. So his last five games have gone 22, 66, 23, 98, 11. So just so inconsistent. Like that, you know, that 23, uh, he's got a 23 against the Titans. That's not mm. that's not why you draft Luke Keery. 
yeah. you know, you draft Luke Keary to knock out uh, 60 plus at least against the Titans. Um, 66 against the Warriors and 98 versus the Dragons is good. But then 22 against Canberra is modest and then 11 against the Storms, not great. So he did play, he played 63 minutes. That's enough sample size for me to say, nah, that was just a shit performance as you've obviously called out. Well, in that last 17 minutes, if he racks up a try assist, you know, he's only going up to 31 points. So, you know, that's that's obviously, yeah, why he's in the duds. Uh, Matt Moylan, 24, um, you know, in a very dominant performance, 30 points by the Sharks. Oh, I just, I can't watch Matt Moylan play. Jeez, he's terrible. Just the way he, he you know, they'll have a, a, a backline play off to the left, and he just jinx he, he it, like he'll go to pass it. He won't do it, and then he'll put the brakes on, and then he'll run all the way over to the right. And I just go. It is the hardest thing to watch as a supporter. Oh. Man. It's just ridiculous. He he's so indirect when he plays. Like he just he won't take the line on because he's scared of getting injured. He's just yeah. He's got to he's got to go in fourteen and bring him on in that Connor Tracy role that they've been using him for. It, he, he's not worth anything else at the moment. He put a good shot on too. Um, who was it? I think it was Hipgrave. He put a nice shot on Hipgrave actually and, and, and forced the ball loose. So, I mean, if his defense is strong enough to maybe play in the middle and make 15 tackles, then why not? Uh, the last one on my list is uh, RCG. He's bunged out of 46. Obviously, they lost to the Dragons, but he played um, fairly similar minutes to what he has been getting. Um, but yeah, I think you can expect a little bit more of that from RCG. Brown's back. Madison's back. Um, you know, Paulo's in there. I, I think Kane Evans. Kane, oh, Kane Evans, actually. That's the big one. Kane Evans is back as well. And scoring tries. Scoring tries. <laughs> yeah. Scoring tries. So at the end of the day, um, I think the RCG owner probably definitely a sell high because it, it ain't going to get much better. Well, Brad, uh, Brad Arthur's silly if he keeps playing him those big minutes because let's be honest it's not about super coach it's about you know preserving your players come final so if he's going to keep playing rcg big minutes he's going to burn out he's got an adequate replacement in kane evans now he needs to scale him back to 45 50 minutes again uh and and to get the best out of him but uh we'll see what happens there but i think we called it a couple of weeks ago that we said there might be some impact from Kane Evans there and looks like it's it's come to fruition so Benny do you have some plays you wanted to talk to there mate too yeah mate yeah I got a I got a couple of guns and a, and a couple of surprises and a few more flops so um, look guns maybe mainly match up they wouldn't call them outright guns um, in a sense but they were they were definitely match up plays George Williams up against the Broncos was somebody that everybody should have probably had a VC on if they had the chance um, he got a 96 had a try, three try assists, 15 tackles, a forced dropout, an offload, two line break assists, but he only had four hit-ups. So very, uh, very attacking heavy, attacking stat heavy there. Um, another one was Marshall, Benji Marshall up against the Dogs. I don't know why I didn't play him. That was just fucking dumb. But um, yeah, he had three try assists, 26 tackles, um, which is good considering he only missed two. So uh, good to see Benji. Yeah, back that's to- good. Yeah, I was pretty happy to see that, um, just for him. Four line break assists and, and two forced turnovers. So he um, he scored some scored some points and got 95 there. So that was that was pretty good. And it was it was a matchup that most people most martial owners would have had against the dogs. Um, but as I said, I had a lot of eggs in that basket and I didn't want any more. Um, that was all I had for guns there. Uh, another a surprise for the week was probably Luke Garner. 
Uh, he got 106 in that game. Uh, two tries, 38 tackles, a line break, 13 hit-ups and a tackle bust. So he, he made some made some good points there for owners that picked him up late. Did one of you boys get him? No. Uh, someone someone got him. I can't remember who it was. Picked him yeah, up. Yeah, got to fire the rookie. Yeah, player. he did too. Yep, yep. So he's not going to put that out every week. He only had sort of 50 and 55 in base. So that's all you're going to get out of Garner. Occasionally, he's going to get through and have a week like that. Um and then, yeah, as I spoke to before, Nick Kotrick was another surprise with 102. Um, I didn't know where to put Michael Morgan. He's a bit of both categories here. Again, in a surprise, he knocked out 103 after a pretty awful week last week. Uh, two tries, um, a try contribution, 15 tackles, six tackle busts, a forced dropout, two line breaks, um, an offload, nine hit-ups, eight of which were over eight metres. So he got, he got in and did some work, which is good to see, and that's what the Cowboys really need, um, especially next season. They're going to need him to take the reins there in the middle. And and it's good for Supercoach when Michael Morgan's going well because the 5-8 pool is so thin that, you know, just as a general Supercoach player, you need him playing decent footy as, a, as, an, as an option. Like, you know, he's probably ranked, what, fifth or sixth in 5-8s, maybe? Maybe he's fifth? Not, he hasn't been scoring that well. No, I mean, he's been injured no. for ages, but, yeah, traditionally over the last even 18 months, he hasn't been scoring that well, so... yeah. And he's still a highly, a highly ranked five eight. Yeah, so we, you, you kind of want him to to keep those performances up. Um, I'm going to chuck uh, as a dud for the week. I'm going to chuck Terry Evans into the uh, conversation. Uh, he only scored 46 with a try uh, on the weekend. Um, that's those high scoring affairs are generally games where he. He goes a bit nuts. Um, he had 13 in creative stats as well. Um, so he's got 30 of those 46 points um, in either scoring or creative stats. So 46 is a bit ordinary on the back of that. I thought he would have had a little bit more um, to do with, uh, uh, you know, obviously they scored 20, 24 points, I think. Uh, I thought he would have had a bit more to say, but only 46 is a, is a little bit ordinary. So Cherry Evan owners would, uh, would be ruining that performance as well. Yeah, I had a couple of couple of duds to throw in there as well. I won't touch on them for too long. So Will Kennedy got a thirteen, um, which was pretty pretty woeful. But um, I don't know. I don't, he didn't see a lot of Pill Johnson. Johnson sort of went to his edges there a bit. Um, Matt Dufty got a twenty six, uh, and and Richie Kenner got a fourteen. So those those boys all flopped for the week. And look, the weather needs to fuck off. Fuck off, Rain. It's fucking up Supercoach for two weeks in a row, really, hasn't it? It's ruining everything. Yeah, all right. Thank you for the rain. Go out west. Piss off out west. Give it to the farmers. We don't need it in the city. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, all right. Good stuff, lads. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's jump into Team List Tuesday. this program to bring you a special report. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you and you. All right, Benny. Uh, let's kick it up, kick it off, mate. Uh, there's... We're Eels of Storm, mate, at Bank right. West at 7.50 yes. p.m. Thursday. So it should be an absolute belter. I'm, I'm keen to watch this one. Um, look, the Eels, as we've spoken about previously, haven't been particularly convincing. And even without... Munster and Smith, the Storm still looks fucking good. 
they're still playing the game. Um, Jerome Hughes has taken over, give him the reins, and he's performing better than he does with Smith there. I, I don't think it's Munster so much. I think it's Smith that, that stifles his game a bit. Um, so I think next year, if, if Smith doesn't return next year, then I, I think um, Hughes is going to be a top pick in next year's draft because um, I believe he's going to rack up some big points when he's when he hasn't got Smith there demanding the ball and, and calling all the shots. Um, as for changes in this one, there's none for Parramatta. They are one to seventeen from last week, which was expected. Um, for the Storm, Vunavalu's got a broken jaw, so I think he's out for six weeks or so. Um, and Shandor Royal comes in to replace him, so that's a it's a bit of a throwback. Um, haven't seen him. Too, a bit of a downgrade. Yeah, he's not much of a player to be honest. Relevant, no. Um, and Dale Finucane has a calf injury too and they reckon he's out for about the same amount of time something about five to six weeks so um, Big Tino comes in and starts at lock if you need a back rower and have a high waiver claim he is one to take he's going to get some bigger minutes and we've all seen what he can do with decent minutes um, Albert Vede comes onto the bench um, and Hughes had a groin injury last week and he's been named um, so just keep an eye out for Hughes owners, he could be a late drop, like a late pull out late, and maybe Cooper Johns comes in uh, to take his position if he needs to come. I reckon the Storm, there's no need for him to take chances. That that I reckon they've got a top four spot sewn up, and there's no need for him to push. They can drop this game um, because they've also lost Jesse Bromwich for the week. He he got suspended tonight at the judiciary. So they've lost him as well. Uh, I reckon that Jerome Hughes gets sat this week. He yeah, was- I, I can't see him taking the risk. There's no point. They can drop this and give Cooper Johns a game. So um, in saying that, if they do, money's probably on Parramatta um, without Hughes there. But yeah, if Hughes does play, uh, my money's still on the storm here. Um, captaincy, vice-captaincy in this one. You could light up a few on the vice-captaincy. you got Moses, uh, Dylan Brown, Nathan Brown, Gutho, Madison um, and then for the Storm Puppy Hughes Hughes maybe if he plays I'd still be wary because he could he could go off early he could get re-injured that groin so if he doesn't play obviously he's not an option and Tino's another one I'd throw a VC on as well Interesting stat uh, Storm have never played at Bank West That's yeah that's surprising Yeah so uh, look I, I think a uh, couple of things I think the Eels win this for two reasons one they, uh, they've been knocked out uh, and treated pretty poorly by the storm the last few years, um, and it's given their credentials a bit of a knock. So they'll be looking to win this for two reasons: one, to show that they can, that the storm don't have it over them, and two, if they can't win this, uh, that gives their finals hopes or credentials a big, uh, like grand final credentials, a big a big knock because there's there's a lot of cattle on the bench and on the pine for the Storm. Surely they get this done. You think so? They have to. If 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 they can't get this done, they're not an actual contender. And if, if they, they come up against someone like the Panthers, uh, they're mate. not anyone. The, the Eels. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. The, storm. the Storm have got everyone the storm on the pine. Is what I'm talking yeah, about. Oh yeah, no, no. I agree with you. I'm I'm saying that the, I agree that the Eels have to get this done. They're full strength. There's there's yeah. just no excuses here. But yeah. this is the kind of game that they they don't win. Yeah. This is the kind of game that they, they go out there and they their attack is a bit blunt lately. 
Um, so I don't know. You know what's funny about the the uh, the eels and the nighttime Bank West? It's their home ground, but they still haven't learned how to play there in those conditions. It actually suits the Storm game plan: up the middle, short passing, error free, high percentage. So. It's the it, reason it, they lost oh, against the, the Dragons the other night. They just didn't respect the footy. They just wanted they, to keep playing to their edges. They haven't for years at night time in Bankwest. You know, like they just, even the, the Penrith game earlier in the season, yeah, they come back, but that was more, I think, Penrith fatigued in the second half. Um, I, I could num- n- number off multiple games where they just haven't handled the conditions there. It's their home ground. They've got to start to learn how to play there at night. To just throw this one out there, is there a chance that if Hughes pulls out, Jacks plays seven, and Nico Hines comes into six with John's on the bench? Yes. Yeah. Yep. If yep. that happens, Nico Hines is a play. He's a pickup. You have to take him. He's he's got a very good passing game. Um, he's a passing fullback, so yep. more playing fullback. So I think he if he gets named, you have to pick him up. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So yeah. Uh, um, Apart from that, like uh, Blake Ferguson's been dropped to our waivers, so he there's a very good possibility that he's on other waivers as well. If that's the case, I'd probably pick him up and play him this week, especially if Hughes is out. I think if Hughes is out, Parramatta could do a job, and I, I believe Blake is due. He is due. Um, I know I know Wonga Blake's got the sticky hands, but I, I think Fergo's definitely due for a meeting now. Yeah, agree, mate. That's, that's, about, that's about all I got. Apart from Tino and Hines, if he plays, there about the three pickups I've got this week. Yeah, no, that's good, mate. That's good. Good stuff. All right, Lukey, um, on to our first game on Friday night. Uh, that's the Panthers and the Sharks. Yep, so this will be a quick one because both sides are unchanged from um, last week. Um, so there's no ins, no outs. Um, Brian Tuo is on the extended bench, though. Um, and as we saw with Dylan Edwards last week, he started on the extended bench. As we saw with Appy Corusau about three weeks ago, he started on the extended bench and come in late. So I think with Penrith, if they're on the extended bench, they're a good chance of playing. So um, I think more that's more so we're going to play him, but we're going to put him on the extended bench not to put pressure on um, and see how the week progresses. So... Um, Brian Tuo is one to keep an eye on. If he happened to have dropped to waivers, you've got to pick him up because he's only a week away. You know that if he doesn't play this week, he's only a week away. Um, but other than that, like it's Friday night, so you're not really looking at captaincies, but your vice captains would be um, Cleary and SJ. Um, you could take a punt on a Mulatalo. I think the if SJ plays, he had a bit of a knock, but I think he'll play. Um, this is a bit of a danger game for Penrith. Um, the Sharks are going to be looking to um, get revenge from the flogging that they copped earlier this season. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with a lot of energy. It is at Penrith Stadium, though, so uh, we haven't played a lot there, so we might might get up for it. But um, Cleary and SJ are only real um, vice-captain options at this stage um, due to their high high end um, I don't think I'd be looking to put it on anyone else and obviously Brian Tuo as a pickup if need be yep agree with that I also if uh, if Tuo doesn't come into the side uh, I don't mind the matchup of Josh Dugan against Tyrone May this week um, they, they should match up Lukey does that sound right ah uh, yes yep, yeah that's correct yeah so if Dugan's 
still on your waiver, I'd grab him this week against Tyrone May, and he'll have Brenton Aiden outside him too, which means that Ronaldo Molotalo's a pretty good play uh, if they're still on your waivers. But if you've got them, uh, definitely load them up this week. Good stuff. Uh, I'll run us through the Broncos and the Dragons, and uh, Broncos, man... This, yeah, it just goes from bad to worse for them. Obviously, Payne Haas has been uh, ruled out uh, for dangerous contact for two weeks, I think. And then Thomas Flegler is also out with that AC joint injury. He has to go and have a shoulder reconstruction, I believe. So it may not be AC. It might be something else uh, in, the sho- in the shoulder there. So, yep, they're once again rolling out a pretty ordinary-looking side. Jordan Carr, who comes in at centres, not interested in that at all. Anthony Milford comes back to partner Tom Dearden in the halves. Uh, yeah, could be a play in this one, not too sure. Uh, they're going to come up against a, a fired-up Dragon side. Offerhand Gowie starts a prop with Reese Kennedy, Isaac Luke at hooker for the injured Jake Turpin. Uh, Fafita holds his spot on the on, on the uh, right edge, and he's still playing fantastic footy. Uh, hasn't missed a beat since coming back. T.O. and Pat Carrigan round out the forward pack. Uh, for the Dragons, uh, no changes by the look of it. I think that's, yep, pretty much 1-17 to 17 as per last week, except for Paul Vaughan comes into the 17 uh, on the bench. So uh, Terrell, Terrell Fuimono, who isn't really relevant, he stinks it up a bit. He um, He's under a bit of an injury cloud, I think. So just keep an eye on him. I'd, I'd say... Uh, Host may come if, in. If Host Host had a great game last week, he put on some great shots. Host, man. He, he yeah, good. he had to, he put on a couple of really good shots. Had some nice touches. Uh, if he comes into the side late and, and um, pens down that uh, that edge spot, he's definitely a pickup this week. Absolute pickup. He'll be he'd be a mid waiver for me this week uh, if he can get that that last spot. But you probably won't know until till. Yeah, maybe Thursday, Friday at a pinch. Uh, Paul Vaughan. I think because he's because Fuimano is actually facing a suspension. Oh, he is too. He is too. Oh, you'll know. Yeah, if sorry, that's what it was. Yeah, that's have a, a look good call. at your uh, socials, and if he's out, yeah, the uh, it's a good play. But uh, load up on dragons in this one. I think that even though it's up at SunCorp uh, this week, we'll we'll have a look at the weather, but. Oh, geez. I think the Dragons are busted. Uh, sorry, the Broncos are busted. Dragons will, uh, you know, smell blood in the water, basically. And uh, I think that uh, there could be some good plays here. Uh, Vice Captain C and Captain C at a pinch, if you, if you will. Uh, definitely load up on Dufty, potentially Ewan Aiken. Um, have a look at uh, Ben Hunt, Cameron McInnes as well. Uh, for the Broncos, David Fafita would be the only one, and maybe a Katoni Stags that I would I'd, look at. I'd throw a throw it on Zach Lomax as well. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, good call, good call. Def- oh, definitely Zach Lomax with the goal kicking for sure. Uh, Michaeli Ravalawa is a, would be a good pickup this week. Uh, probably just a free agency pickup. Uh, I like his matchup and uh, had a couple of meetings on the weekend, and uh, I guess they'll continue to go to him as well. So, yep, that's my. Uh, wrap of the Broncos and Dragons. Benny, take us to the Titans and the Raiders. Three o'clock at Seabus on the Gold Coast. And this is twice this year this game's been held at Seabus, right? This was yeah, in I round so, two. They played it up here. Yeah, yeah. back when they, they had to play games up here, they played it at Seabus. So, um, I don't know. The Titans could, could jump the Raiders here, but I don't think they will. I think the Raiders are still too defensive. Like, 
too much of a defensive side, they'll grind out a win. The Titans still haven't quite learned how to grind, being a grind yet. If you want to try and outscore them, they'll try and keep pace with you because they've got some pretty good attacking weapons. But yeah, I think if it comes to a, an arm wrestle, the, the Raiders will the Raiders will get up here and then they could run away with it in the end. I, I just can't see the Titans putting up much of a fight, even though the Raiders are missing Hodgson. They look better without him and having Bateman back is massive for them. So, um, look, I like seeing the Titans do well, but yeah, I think the Raiders going to be too much for them. Um, as for changes, uh, Don and Sammy come back from injury and young Tonomapia shifts to the centre. Dale Copley's out for the remainder of the season, I believe, with a pack injury. So another another injury for poor Dale Copley. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's just ridiculous. And uh, Corey Thompson's been dropped to the reserves. So probably necessary. He's yeah, he's a bit of a worry under the high ball if they if they target that side. But um, I don't I don't rate him that much better than Anthony. Don. I suppose Anthony Don is does just do some freakish shit. I don't know. I just like Thompson's effort. I think he's an effort player, and he's one of the very few they've got. Um, so. Yeah, um, Joey Arrow is also out with a shoulder injury. Now, I didn't catch how long that was for and how serious it was, but it looked pretty bad. Um, did you boys get on yeah, it? He's looking at, he's, he, they're seeing a surgeon this week, so it's, yeah. uh, it's okay. about three weeks without surgery or it's season ending with surgery. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought that might have been the case. Um, so that brings Jared Wallace into the starting side, I believe, for the first time this season. Um, and it shifts Fodawaka to lock and Sam Stone's come up to the bench. Uh, Kevin Proctor's got that judiciary trip tonight. I don't know. That's probably been settled by now. I don't know what's happened. If one of you boys want to check that out for me. Um, yeah, I'm on see. it. Yep. Um, so if he is found guilty, I would imagine that Sam Stone comes in to take his spot. Um, at a guess, or maybe both for more, but either of them. Yeah, not overly super coach relevant. Um as for the Raiders, Hudson Young has been named to return. Uh, starts in the lock roll and Sutton drops back to the bench. That's their only change. Captaincy, vice-captaincy in this one. Um, I'd be happy to throw a VC on Brimson um, or Kelly for the Titans. That's probably all I can offer there. Um, and Williams, Papali and Bateman for the Raiders. Um, but that's about it. Pickups-wise, probably Nick Kotrick if he wasn't taken last week. The other thing too is is that um, two weeks in a row, Pizza's played 80 minutes. Now, I don't know whether that was just because of the arrow injury or are they planning on putting Peachy into um, dummy half? Because if Pizza's playing 80, one, he's a pickup if you're short a hooker, but two, um, it probably means that Peachy comes on and plays a fair bit of middle. Yep. Yeah, that's fair too. He might he might go to lock and Fodawaka push up front. Yeah, so. I don't mind that. It's probably something to keep an eye on, especially in this game. Looking forward to next week um, to see how those minutes rotations work and then, yeah, base your picks on that. Fuck, we're solving puzzles around the Titans, boys. Who would have thought? <laughs> doing it for the fans. We're doing it for the fans. Yeah. Um, all right, Lukey, Tigers and Roosters, uh, 5.30 on Saturday, Avo. Yep. Um, so there's a multitude of changes here for the Roosters. The Tigers are unchanged. Twelve's on the extended. Um, so you got to think if he's any chance of getting in, they'll they'll push him back in for this game because we talked about a rubbish run for the Tigers, and they do have still that rubbish run. But 
you know, after last week's win. And then if they can come in and win against the Roosters, which they probably will, to be honest. I, I can't see the Roosters getting a win here. It doesn't look too bad for the Tigers. Um but, uh, yeah, so they're unchanged. Twole will probably come in. Uh, not sure who that will be at the expense of. Probably Safarth. Um, Roosters, they get Brett Morrison and Maria Hargraves back, um, which are good ins for them. Um, but they do lose Mitch Orbison, Luke Keary, Lachlan Lamb. Um, so the halves pairing will be Kyle Flanagan, who comes in for Lachlan Lamb and Drew Hutchison. Um, nothing about that excites me whatsoever um i don't know where their attack comes from here i think benny teddy's gonna have a high involvement whether that translates to points is another thing um but yeah i think that's what happens here so for me uh i don't have a captaincy option in this game um maybe takiaho but with the presence of uh Rory hargraves back there again does that change things um but, uh, yeah, it's all vice-captains here. I, I couldn't captain Teddy in this game. I, I couldn't captain him. Um, I, I, think, I think I could only based on the fact that the more involved he gets, simply the more they do convert to points. His involvement converts to base points and tackle busts. He still busts tackles. Yep. Whether he gets those line breaks, I reckon this week he gets more involved. Whether he gets line breaks and, and try assists and stuff, I... I don't know, but it's definitely gonna gonna convert to some form of super coach scoring. Yeah, I, I just I, I wouldn't be comfortable captaining him. Like like actually going out and going, yep, I'm gonna captain Teddy in this match. I, I just don't know how this goes. The, the Tigers could literally turn it on and, you know, win by twenty here the same way the storm did, because they just aren't gonna have any sort of attacking presence here. But I still would throw the vice captaincy on him if you don't have any options before him, along with Benji, Nofa, um, Takiaho. Um, I think are, are, are notables for vice captaincy. Pickups, uh, Jared Maria Hargraves and um, Jacob Little. I think he was good. I know that uh, the Benji injury probably gave him a few more minutes last week, but he bunged out a 50 in his return. Didn't look great, but I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you look ordinary and still bung, bung out a 50 plus in super coach does it certainly not i am a little bit worried about elijah taylor and josh reynolds on the bench though what that does to his minutes uh well, i reckon taylor goes for fucking um 12 righto okay yeah that's fair that's fair and reynolds played 10 minutes on the weekend or something 15 minutes on the weekend so if it's just him that ends up on the bench i don't think there's any danger of picking up little in this one yep good stuff alright what have I got I've got the bunnies and the eagles 7.35 ANZ Stadium here Um, the the bunnies are pretty much 1 to 17 Bailey Sirenen is back in the side this week Uh, Liam Knight was on uh, did come in late didn't he Uh, onto an edge I didn't watch this game, unfortunately, but uh, Liam Knight come onto the edge. Uh, he's not in the 17 at all this week, Liam Knight. Um, he's been suspended. Uh, so Sirenen comes back in. He's the only real change to this one. Uh, for the Eagles, they've got more injury worries. Uh, Ruben Garrick goes to one. George Tafua comes back into the side. He was dropped cold last week. Parker's in the centres with Suli, Tavita Funa, Cade Cust. 
been held together by um, strapping tape at the moment. The I poor bastard. Plays, man. <laughs> I don't know how he plays. If he if he plays and doesn't show any sign of the injury, the bloke has got uh, he's got DNA that we need to sample and clone because uh, he he shouldn't be playing footy this week. I don't reckon. No, but they are desperate, so they'll do what they they can to to wheel him out. Uh, Paseka holds his spot, and as Benny, you talk to, uh, he's definitely one to look at. Marty Tapao comes back in to strengthen up their forward uh, uh, their forward pack. Thompson and Sirinen are still on the edges, but they're both fairly beat up at the moment. Lachlan Croker, Corey Waddell, Kepi, and Olakatu on the bench. Uh, in this one, I would be you're looking at captains at this point. Uh, look, to be fair, uh, there's, there's not much uh, in terms of solid captaincy candidates in here. If you've got a captaincy candidate on Sunday, which I have, uh, you can look at Mitchell, um, Johnson, Walker, Reynolds, Cook, and Murray as potential vice-captaincy options, as you can with Cherry Evans uh, and Jake Travojevich. In this one, but out and out captaincy, uh, yeah, might be hard. Probably Jake Travojevic is the only one I'd really look at, and maybe Damien Cook in this one. Pickups, uh, look, yeah, look, it's hard to really lean into anyone here. Campbell Graham had a few lean weeks there. He bounced back to uh, back, back to earth with a 82 last week. So if he's on waivers, he could be a decent play. He is going to be up against Brad Parker this week, which is a tough... Uh, Brad Parker's a pretty good defender, so it might be a tough week to, to play him. Um, and that's probably it because... Um, Jaden Sewer or Bailey Sirenen have a pretty tough school uh, against the two manly back rowers, uh, lads. But that's all I've got for there. Any pickups from you, lads, in this one? I reckon Manly win this. Uh, what well, if they play anywhere near what they did last week against Newcastle? They win it. Uh, the Souths have shown me nothing that they can win a grinding game against a quality opposition. Um, yeah, that's just my call anyway. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't hate that call either. I think that. Uh, it's 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 just funny the difference that uh, Jake and Cherry Evans can make to a team. Like even without Tommy and and Dylan Walker and a couple of other these guys, uh, you know if they're still in the team, um, there's still a red hot chance. Jake's Jake's stepped up another level for me over the last sort of six weeks. He's been real good. Like he's been knocking out seventy plus every single week, which is Jake from two years ago. Yeah, and he's had to though, mate. He's he's definitely had to. Oh um, yeah, hundred percent. And it's like without his brother there, he doesn't get to just take that back seat and you know watch the watch the back line do the work. He has to try and get in there and create some and generate some attack. Good stuff, Benny. Dogs and Warriors, two p.m. Sunday, ANZ Stadium. Looks like I'm getting Lukey's games now. This is fucking prime. Fuck <laughs> it, honestly. <laughs> um, Look, it could be, yeah. This could be one of those games that could go either way. Um, who knows? I, I think the Bulldogs should win this on sheer effort, but the Warriors haven't been bad lately either. Um, I think that the conclu- inclusion of, of Will Hopperwhite is pretty big for the Dogs. Uh, he's going to provide a bit of direction at the back there. I think his talk in defence is probably better than Nick Meany's, um, so hopefully he can tighten them up a bit and... Um, and obviously those hands, as we've spoken about before, he's, he's probably got some of the best hands in the NRL. So hopefully for me, he can go well. But yeah, um, 
yeah, I can't even get a read on this. If you were a betting man, I'd stay well away from this game. Um, it could go anywhere. But um, as for other changes, obviously Will's the big one coming back in. It's just Nick Meany to the wing uh, and, and Montoya out of the fucking side. Like, thank fuck. Honestly, he offers zero. Um, Jeremy Marshall King and uh, Aiden, Aiden Tolman and Matt Dury all move into the run-on side. So Sione Katoa... Luke Thompson go to the bench. Um, that's a bit of a hit for me. Luke Thompson's output of late hasn't been great, so he's lost some minutes there. And it looks like Matt Dury was pretty good last week when I watched that game. So, yeah, I, he's going to steal some minutes from, from Thompson. So, Thompson owners, if you can sell before this game, you might get something. Otherwise, I believe he's going to start knocking out 35s. Um, Josh Jackson is a big one moving to lock. Now, he's always been an 80-minute player on the edge. Um, and I believe playing an extra 30 to 40 minutes in the middle is going to increase his output by, I would say, somewhere in the vicinity of 15 to 20 points, maybe a little bit less than 15. Um, but yeah, he um, he's definitely a pickup this week if if he's available. Um, he, I'd be taking him as, as a mid to high waiver claim. Um, Dylan Knapp has been suspended and Jake Avarillo comes back into the interchange uh, after a hip injury. Uh, two weeks ago. As for the Warriors, uh, Hayes Perham gets his first game since round four and that pushes Adam Pompey to the wing and Patrick Herbert out. Now, I didn't think Patrick Herbert had done too much wrong, but yeah, he's uh, he's out. So, he's, um, it's unfortunate for him. Alicia Katoa has been suspended and um, Isaiah Pavali comes in to take his, his spot in the second row and Jack Murchie comes back onto the bench. So, yeah, I, I can see the I think the Bulldogs are going to win this one, and they should. But yeah, uh, Warriors tend to just pull some games out, and they still like they've lost quite a few winnable games this, this year, but not for lack of trying. They um they definitely put in an effort. Uh, captaincy, vice captaincy. This one's a hard one. It could be like the Tigers Bulldogs game last week, where there was just points galore for a heap of players. Um, so you can you can probably light up some captaincies here or you, you can be conservative I'm not really sure could go either way again um, I'd happily throw the C on on Tua Vastashek or Toy Harris um, Patala Mariner uh, maybe Will Hoppawati and possibly Cody Nikarima oh and Jazz and Jazz as well yep um, pickups in this game Jackson and if Hopper Whitey's been dropped, I mean, I've held him for eight weeks, but there would have been blokes who couldn't afford that and may have dropped him to the waiver. He may not have been picked up. So if, if Hopper Whitey's available, he's a definite pickup as well. And I don't mind Remus Smith in this one either. I think he could be a one-week play. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I like if oh, I also think that if Peter Hiku hasn't been picked up, he's still playing pretty good footy. So oh, he, 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 he he, he's a good matchup in this one. The other one too is, um, I think that uh, if he's there tomorrow morning um, and you got a spot on your bench, grab Jake Avarillo again because the only reason I think he's not in the te- in the team this week is they're just gonna probably give him ten to fifteen minutes. But I don't see why he doesn't come back in for Kieran Holland next week if he's good to go. He was playing good footy before that, and look, as you touched on, he seemed to be a little bit matchup proof. He was he was knocking out some good scores against good opposition there. So if you got spot, it might be uh, a play to have him. Good stuff, Luke. You finish us off with the Knights and the Cowboys, 405 McDonald Jones Stadium, Sunday afternoon. Yep. Um, so uh, this is obviously one where the Knights are looking to get some revenge 
for the uh, loss they copped up in Townsville a few weeks back. Um, the Knights have got a, uh, a big change with Daniel Saifidi dropping out of uh, the, the, the team due to that knee injury. He succumbed to that, so we'll wait and see what that actually means. Uh, he looked to be in a fair deal of pain on the weekend and didn't come back on, so um, whether they're just giving him a few more weeks for finals, but uh, I yeah. Think, so that- I think they are. They've confirmed that it was just scar tissue. Right, okay. Yeah, yep. so it was odd that he came back so soon. Um, I, I, I just, yeah. But um, nonetheless, uh, that'll mean that Jacob Saifidi then comes back into his minutes and probably his super coach point. So if you held him, well done. If you didn't um, and he's on waivers, Jacob Saifidi is a top waiver priority. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with that one. So, yeah. Um, other than that, the Cowboys, uh, Ruben Cotter comes in for Granville on the bench, which probably actually means uh, better things for Reese Robson owners. Um, but they remain unchanged other than that. So um, pickups out of this, obviously, Saifidi. Um, Stafford Tower looked pretty good. Um, he And he plays left, so Kalen Pong is obviously going to favour that side of the field um, for some tries. Um Mitchell Dunn, I think, is worth, worthwhile picking up for um, a couple of weeks and seeing how he goes if he gets some more more pill. Um, and although he's not on the extended bench, I hear that Val Holmes is only a week away. So I'd, I'd if you've got a stash, I'd pick him up now. Um, I know he's fullback only, but you'd much rather have him in your team than someone else's team if he can uh, come back and make a bit of a bit of an impression. Yep, for sure. Captaincy, vice-captaincy? Uh, captaincy options only, given it's the last game, and I'd only be going Ponga, Lolo, Clemmer, and maybe Jake Saifidi. Um, I'd probably steer clear of Maguire. I think his time's done. Like He's probably still good for a 60, but at this stage of the game, um, of the weekend, if you're looking at a 60 for your captain... You've either got the game won and you're just playing it conservative. Um, but uh, I'd definitely be looking past Maguire as a captaincy option. Barnett? Did forget about Barnett. Oh, so, yeah, good, yeah, yeah Barnett. he's been really good, actually. And this is the game where he'll probably open up, actually. This this could be a big Barnett game, to be honest. Yeah, so his so last, his last uh, four scores, 79, 62, 68, 84, no tries in any of those. So yeah, he's been very good. A, a ton of offloads. D-Lane's got them memorised too, by the yeah, way. Yeah. He didn't, didn't have to reference any pages there. The desk grew a fifth leg when you just talked about that. Oh, yeah. If anyone wants to know a uh, big reason as to why I'm a Barnett fan, go and Google uh, a fight between him and Nathan Brown in the Toyota Cup from a few years ago. Mate, just let them go. Let them go. Love it. Good stuff. But um, um, what about what about Mitchell Pierce as a captaincy option? You wouldn't throw it on him. Uh, not 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 for me in this one. I think that uh, with Blake That's Green good. there and Ponga doing what he's done the last couple of weeks, I think you can definitely see the intent is to take Pierce out out of it a little bit and share the playmaking around, thus making him not so much of a target. 
Uh, I don't know if he's got that high ceiling in him anymore. I might be wrong. I think if you're looking for a pickup in this one, I don't mind uh, Tuala as well while he's got that left center spot. Uh, in the same vein as Stafford Toa. I mean, Pong is going to play to him. Um, so he had a good game on the weekend. And even the week before that, he, he's, he's done some good things for us this year. So not a bad play. All right, good stuff. That wraps us up. Uh, that wraps up Teamless Tuesday. Um, so let's go quickly run through our priority pickups for the week's lads. Uh, Benny, go for it, mate. Uh, yeah, mate. Top priority for me this week is probably Josh Jackson, um, and then Jacob Saifidi. Then if Hopper White is available, I would have him as my third. Otherwise, JWH. Yep, nice one, Lukey. Um, I've also got Josh Jackson. Um... I, I was thinking about it as we were talking, though. When when Napa comes back, Dota, does that change it? Does does Napa come back and then um, Thompson go back to lock? So I don't, don't think so, man. I think I think he's going to try and use Thompson as an impact player rather than that grinded out tackle in the middle for forty five minutes, fifty minutes, or whatever it is. Um, he doesn't seem to be getting a lot out of him there. And if you watch his watch his. Um, games over in the UK he, he usually had a pretty big impact on the game um, with his runs so I think they're trying to limit his minutes and give him more impact fair alright so Josh Jackson for me um, I'd also have Christian Welsh he's been really good mm-hmm. he's been really good lately have a look at him he's hit 50 over the last four games that he's had plus with Bromwich and Fanuka not there you can expect that he's going to be playing big minutes um for the, for the next few weeks anyway. Um, and then um, I've probably got Jordan Pereira. Yep, fair call, fair call. Uh, look, I've got pretty, I had pretty much exactly the same. I uh, Josh Jackson, definitely, and I picked him up this morning. He was a free agency this morning, so I grabbed him. Uh, Christian Welsh has been good, and I like Michaeli Ravalawa uh, as a matchup against the Broncos this week, um, or even uh, as a bit of a point of difference, I might go with Inari Tuala uh, against... Um, uh, against the Cowboys on Sunday. So, I'd um, I'd just like to touch on that for the listeners. At this time of the year, the, the wins are necessary. Like you, there's going to be people vying as in our, our comp. There's going to be people vying for those last couple of spots in the five or the eight or whatever you're running. There's going to be blokes that need to drop players, rosterable players, to get a big score from earlier on the weekend. So this week, Baza, Bob's Battlers, and the Madmen had to drop rosterable players to use an auto-emergency big score from their bench or, or decent score from their bench. Now, Baza had to drop Pierce and Guerra, and they had to drop him on Saturday. And then uh, Madman had to drop Jackson and Tommy Talao. Now, Tommy Talao had a bad game on the weekend, but apart from that, he's been knocking out 45s, 50s just in base. So... It's definitely pays to check on the Monday because they don't go through till Tuesday morning, but on Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. they become free agencies. So today I managed to pick up Heimel Hunt as a free agent play and I picked up Mitchell Pierce. I dropped um, Blake Green for Mitchell Pierce. So I picked up Pierce to put into my halfback slot um, as, as one of my waivers. So it's something to, something to look out for. If blokes are dropping rosterable players to get a good score, you can nab them before other people on in the in the comp check that Tuesday waiver because yeah, that's a very good, comp, very good do point. Check it, man. They don't look. Googs, Googs would have loved to have had Josh, Josh Jackson back, mate. He's he's a he's a madman mainstay and has been for years. Yeah, but he didn't check it at, on Tuesday morning. He wouldn't have. 
two things, mate. Very good point. Good for our listeners. And secondly, people are checking it now <laughs> in our comp. <laughs> you can absolutely guarantee yeah. that the Tuesday morning it will be a feverish. Have, they have known unless I, said <laughs> I know, I know. Exactly. To his credit, to his credit, uh, the rookie got a fire. Uh, he had to drop Jacob Saifidi over the weekend and he picked him back up on waivers on Monday or Tuesday morning. Yeah, that's that's, that's so, a good play. And I was banking on him not doing it either. Yeah, I was me like, too, me too, I was man. like yeah, I'll pick him up in free agency in the morning. It'll yeah, be fine. Don't waver for it. And he, he wavered for him. So, <laughs> well, well in for him too. I, I was doing Mitchell Pierce, yeah. but I just couldn't bank on... I know probably neither of you boys would have taken him, but... I kind of went, oh, somebody else might check it. I was worried about maybe Dino or, or Meadows just trying to stuff someone else by taking him. Yep. And I was like, oh, I'll put a waiver in. I had second waiver claim and I kind of wanted to use it on Sonny Bill when he came in. But um, I think Meadows probably would have taken that anyway. And I had to do it with Hess a couple of weeks ago. I had to drop him. Um, and, he, and that week, Lukey, I think you picked him up and he went 70 or something. Um but yeah, it happens, and so you got to be on the lookout for it. And especially with the lack of hookers, there's going to be one or two people running auto emergencies in your league. So yeah, very good play, mate. Very good play. All right, lads, let's jump into the swap meet quickly. Want to trade? Nah. Why not? I like mine better. Traded to the motherfucking swap meet. So buy, sells, and holds uh, this week, Benny. You got a few, mate. Do you want to uh, kick us off with yours? Yeah, mate. Um, I've got a buy on Jared Croker. I don't think you're going to get him lower um, than the, the high 40s he's at at the moment. And the Raiders have got the best draw running into the finals. Um, so he, he's sort of coming a, coming around. I, I believe he's going to put out more sort of 59, 60 to 65s from now on. Um, and, and if you can get him at a sort of mid, mid 40s price, I think you're laughing. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, and that left side could fire up as it did uh, the other night as well. So, so not a bad, not a bad play there. I think um, obviously Brian Tuo's got to be another target for for teams. Penrith have got a, such a juicy run coming up too, um, and look, he's he's been on the benches for the last five weeks basically. So, uh, you know. You could definitely look at trying to go up the 2-0 owner uh, before he starts to put some scores on and potentially Penrith start to play some good footy there as well. So it's another buy for the week. Um, i got to hold on on Mike Acevo. I know his output hasn't been great and I've rubbished him pretty much all year. Um, if, if you go through and look at his, his three-round average, it's only 26. And I think his five-round average is like... 37 or 40 or something so he he sort of scores in banks of threes so if you look through his previous scores um, I haven't got him in front of me but I looked at him earlier and it was like he went 70 145 70 and then he went 30 26 7 and then he went 76 fucking whatever like he just scored, tends to score in banks like he'll have a couple of good weeks in a row and I just think he's uh, I think he's due so if you've got him I wouldn't drop him or sell him just yet. I'd be holding, um, I think, after this Storm game, Parramatta. I've got a decent run, and I believe he's going to knock out some big scores for you from, from here on out. I reckon he's busted, mate. I reckon he's busted. Great. I reckon that, yeah, that shot that uh, memory did his knee, Brad Parker jammed him, and he and he did did his knee. Um, I reckon he's carrying that because it's been since that game that he he's started just shitting the bed. So I reckon he's busted. So 
just kind of keep your eye on that because you reckon he's you reckon he's doing just tough Fijian thing, man. I'm just fighting it out, just playing through it. Yeah, so it was that. It was the manly. It was Brad Parker that hit him, wasn't it? Yeah. I think yep. So, yeah. Definitely yeah. was. Uh, okay, so since then he's gone 25, 76, 7, 32, and forty. So I reckon so it's got something to do with it. 40, Thirty-two and forty are just base, though. Like that's not bad out of base. I don't think he scored a try in either of those, or did he? No, he didn't. Did but he? that thirty-two, uh, he had twenty-four points in evade stats, and in that forty, yeah, okay. he had eighteen points in evade stats. So right, I, I still, I personally still think he's a hold. Um, I reckon he's he's got a big score coming. Um, and if you sell him now, you're not going to get anything for him. So that probably segues into a hold that I've got, and that's Michael Jennings. And that's because did you read the article today where he come out and um, that they asked uh, why is it dried up for the outside backs for Parramatta, and he goes because they're not passing us the ball. That 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 was his direct quote. We're not getting the ball. So um, I, I think that they're going to start getting the ball. And it's good to hear someone like him come out and just, you know what? They've stopped giving us the ball from the inside, so you can expect that the, the points are going to dry up. He's, so, um, he's a pretty well-respected veteran in the team, so I can imagine his comment, a comment like that, carries some sort of weight with it uh, with the young fellas, so hopefully uh, yeah. he can get some more pill. Dylan, yeah, Dylan Brown's a run-first half, so... No, he should be, though. Like, oh, you can't blame him for that, but... Yeah, yeah, that's a byproduct of it too. Yeah, mm. if they're not getting a pill out there, I, I honestly think that the comments from somebody like Jennings in your side, who, as I said, is a respected veteran in the team, I, I think it's going to carry enough weight for them to make an effort to get them the ball. Even if Dylan goes, all right, instead of right taking on the line here, I might give these boys some early pill. Yep, I don't reckon that's the first time Jennings has said that either. I reckon he's probably said that around training. And now he's just gone, fuck it, these pricks aren't giving us the footing. I'm going to out it in the media. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put them on notice in the media. And, you know, that it, that strikes me as the play that's happened there. Um, because you wouldn't straight off the bat just go, they haven't been giving us the ball and, and not having it, addressed it with your playmakers or your coaching staff. Did you watch the game the other night against the Dragons? Yeah. Did you see how many times Sean Lane just overran Dylan Brown, though? And he just went, hold and run it himself. Like, that's that would be hard as a playmaker if that next player is fucking his timing. You're not yeah. just going to then give it along the line. What would you want your half to do? Dig in. We'll go again. So, yeah, it's it's probably a fair bit on Dylan Brown, but they've got to get their timing and stuff right out there, too, to, to, to get the yeah. pill. So, fair call. Uh, got any cells? Uh, just as we've spoken about before, uh, the Tigers players at the moment, for me, I'd be, after the big score, I'd be trying to sell Marshall and um, Adam Dewey as well. While he's still a 50 average, he's starting to come down a little bit. And I, I think while he's still a 50, sort of 52 average and uh, available in the CTWs, I think you can get a decent price for him. They've got a horrid matchup, even though this, this Roosters matchup's favorable for them due to the Roosters injuries. The, the following games aren't as favourable for them. So, yeah, I, I reckon you need to sell those two. So here's here's my take on the Tigers, and I'll kind of segue this into the trade that I've just made. So uh, the Nofaluma owner came at me uh, for a straight swap with Brian Tuo. Uh, and this is on the back of obviously doing the homework on the Tigers run last week, and I'm very aware of uh, what could happen. 
but I'm desperate. I'm sitting on the I'm on the outside looking in basically at the moment. I've got to win two to sh- uh, assure my spot in the final. So I have to I have to look at it. Given that Tuho maybe won't play this week, maybe he will. But if the Tigers lose this weekend, you can pretty much put a line through them. And let's say South and Cronulla win, uh, or even if they don't and the Tigers still lose, they're far enough back that they could just be playing with no pressure for the rest of the year. And we've seen what it can do for a team like the Dogs. Uh, they, they're specials at it every year. The last six rounds, they play with no pressure and they knock off big scalps and they play good footy. The Tigers have got more firepower than the Dogs, so I'm kind of banking on, now that I've picked up Nofaluma, uh, that you know that could possibly be the case too, that uh, if they're out of finals contention, um, they break the shackles and they just start playing some free-flowing footy. Uh, potentially doesn't hurt their super coach scores, but they do have a rotten run home. So, yep, Tigers players definitely look to move on. Moses Embike will be another one if you're holding him because he hasn't done too bad over the last couple of weeks with the goal kicking and some tries too. So, I've got a couple of sells. Um, first one is RCG. I think we, we talked about it earlier with Kane Evans coming back and the forward back sort of humming. I, I think that his, his minutes um, drop and I think that he starts to go back to that round, that sort of high 40s, low 50 score so on the back of what he's done previously you could definitely sell him but sell him now don't wait for another performance and the other one would be Isaiah Yo, and obviously he's come back as well to the pack a bit but uh Kurt Capewell is only a couple of weeks away and Kurt Capewell's in that 17 so what I think happens there is what was happening previously and the whole back row shares minutes so you'll find that um, you'll probably find Liam Martin goes back to 50 minutes and Kurt Capewell gets 50 minutes and Isaiah Yo gets 50 minutes and, you know, Kikau gets 60 minutes, you know what I mean? Um, just to try and preserve some legs. So I'd be selling Isaiah Yo now. Yep, nice one. Benny? All I had, mate. Well, just quickly before we move on, and we've, we've, we've drawn tonight out a little bit, but that's okay. We, we usually try and keep it fairly condensed. But uh, got hit up on Twitter by one of our uh, loyal listeners and followers. Uh, he was offered, he's the Tommy owner, he was offered Pappenhausen for Tommy straight swap this week. What's your thoughts on that, boys? So there'll be a few Tommy owners out there that are getting a bit of pressure, getting some offers and things like that. Uh, it's a tough little time for Tommy at the moment, or for Tommy owners. Uh, what's your thoughts on that trade, boys? I'd, I'd be asking for something else as well as Pappy. I'd be asking for something else I needed. So if I'm, you know, light in the back row as a third back rower, I'd be asking for a 50 average back rower as well. For me, it depends on where you are in the season. If your finals are locked up, I don't take that trade. If you've got a fullback, you don't take that trade. I'm still very questionable as to whether Tommy comes back this season. If Manly don't, if Manly lose their next couple of games, and he's due back in 17. So there was the the tweet today that said his hamstrings about 95% healed, given his history of soft tissue injuries. They're going to want it 100% healed. They're going to want a fair bit of rehab in him. Uh, I reckon he's probably minimum two, three weeks away. If Manly are out of the finals by the time he comes back, it's very real that they shelve him. 
and just go, it's not worth it. Because remember, he come back last year and did his peck like two games into it. Yeah, I, if I was if I was Desi, I wouldn't be playing him. If we're out 100%. of possession, I'd leave him on ice straight up. So if you're fringe of the finals, you do that trade because you've got someone who's going to play. Pappenhausen will have a bigger role with, um, you know, uh, Smith's back next week. Munster will be back in two weeks' time. I think you do that trade. But if you've got cover for Tommy and you're already in the finals, you don't do that trade. I, I agree. And, and basically, the advice I gave to the to the guy who hit us up was was pretty much the same. Uh, he's running Kurt Mann at fullback at the moment, and he's also got Hopper on the pine. So uh, he gets Hopper back this week, so he's got options there. Uh, but I basically said, and as I'll say to most Tommy owners, I think this is the week. All right, so if Manly win this week and they're beating South, who are direct competition, and Cronulla lose again, which is likely, they move to in within two points of making the top eight. That means that Tommy coming back is a more of a realistic chance. If they lose uh, and potentially the two teams above them win, well, one of them definitely will if Manly lose because one of them South. Uh, I think that's it. I think that they put him on ice for the rest of the season. There's no point bringing him back. Uh, and we know Cronulla's got a fairly soft run. South come into a bit of trouble soon. But I think six points with uh, possible 10 points available might just be too much to risk bringing him back and have some other injuries. You know, maybe they just shut him down. So if you're a Tommy owner, I'd sit on him for this week. Watch what happens. Uh, and go from there. But look, if you've got someone coming at you and you don't have adequate cover there uh, and offering you something like Pappenhausen and uh, you're not sure, it's not the most it's not the most horrible trade. You probably just need to have some pretty... And again, the whole Pappenhausen thing as well. Uh, I don't expect his output to be great over the next few weeks without Smith and Munster and Finucane, even though he is kicking goals. Um, sort of, that's why I said... If, if you are in that position where you need that trade and you kind of don't have cover, good cover for Tommy, I'd be asking for something to shore up another spot as well. I'd be saying, oh, give me Pappenhausen and, I don't know, a Kafusi or something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, just, just to shore up an extra spot. So, yeah, personally, I'd be asking for Pappenhausen and, and a decent third CTW. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Fair, fair call. Fair. All right, lads, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Loki, you've got some uh, positional comparisons for us again this week, and that'll finish us off. Yep, so I thought, obviously, with all the injuries and um, match-up situations that are happening coming into finals, I'd sort of base it around that this week. There, there's not too many star names in this list, um, if any at all. It's more about, um, you know, who to play and... Um, so we'll start at fullback, and obviously uh, we've got Anthony Milford or Peter Hicku. Hiku this week, good matchup. Yeah, Hiku against the dogs. Yeah, good matchup this week. Milford maybe longer term, but but Hiku for this week for sure. Hiku's, Hiku's an effort player too. He'll just he'll generate base points regardless. Yep. Um, center wingers, uh, Farnsworth or the Hammer? Probably Hammer. Farns. No, I reckon Farnsworth. Oh, he's on the wing, isn't he? No, no, I'm going the Hammer. Yep. Uh, five eight. Oh, this is this is disgusting. Moylan or Norman? Yeah, <laughs> oh, Norman. It's got to be Norman. Moylan, man. It, it's got to yeah. be Norman v the Broncos this week. Yeah, I yeah, so. I think so. Um, halfbacks. Um, Harris Tavita or Ash Taylor. 
Dogs. Harris, Harris Tavita. They got Canberra. Harris Tavita this week. Yeah, yeah I'm going Harris Tavita. Right. Um, front rowers. Um, Asofa Solomona or Kane Evans. Nas. Now that uh, J Rom's ruled out, Nas. Mm, yeah, me too. Yep. Uh, hookers. Um, Brayley or Marshall King. Marshall King. I'm going Brayley. Yep. And back rowers, uh, Joey Tarpany or Mitchell Dunn? Dunn, because he's starting. He's got yeah, 80 minutes. Done. Yeah. If, anyone, if anyone's listened this deep into the podcast and hasn't switched off after our priority pickups, um, Nass is probably someone you need to look at too with J-Bron being ruled out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree too. <laughs> Good stuff. Fast. Nice one again, lads. Uh, you know, a bit of a long one, like I said, but uh, it's it's good to sink our teeth into a bit of super coach stuff this week. It's uh, always fun. So don't forget to check us out on our socials. Uh, hopefully over the next, you know, three to four weeks, we'll uh, really ramp up our social um, activity and give you guys some good matchups and point of difference uh, information on there. So keep your eyes on that. You guys on MySpace or... Uh, check us out at Twitter uh, at HeadbinNRL and on our Facebook page there um, other than that guys um, we'll do it all again next week yep I uh, hope you both lose this week and I end up being the only one in the finals because you just know about it all next season <laughs> just imagine uh, it's, it's, uh, well, some, one of us has to make the finals because it's not going to do anything for our credibility if we don't yep. <laughs> so. yeah exactly all right, it's my time to carry the team, is it? Yeah, let's let's do this. Well, yeah, it's only taking you a whole season. <laughs> All right, good stuff, lads. Catch us. Catch you.